I have been assigned to serve with you here at the Chapel of the Cross by Bishop Sam. And it's in that context that I speak to you this morning, speaking to you on behalf of the bishop, again, to interpret to the church the needs, concerns, and hopes of the world, and to carry the church out into the world. I do this as one of God's broken but beloved children, part of this community forever changed this past Monday afternoon. To our beloved students who are with us this morning, those of you who are bathed in that spectacular light coming through the, uh, I know, I'm looking at it, it's amazing. The light of God is illuminating you all in the spotlight back there. Know that you are held. As the prophet Isaiah wrote, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. So on behalf of Bishop Sam and Bishop Jennifer, I share the following message. They will not hurt or destroy all on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, as writes Isaiah. My friends, you were chosen to be free, so do not use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want. Rather, use it as an opportunity to serve each other with love. All the law says can be summed up with the commandment, love others as you would love yourself. Today, we once again mourn the loss of life to gun violence after yet another fatal shooting. Our campus was locked down and our students cowered in fear, but not just our college students, but also children locked down on their first day of school in elementary school and middle school and high school. Once again, we as a society have failed to love our neighbors as ourselves, permitting a culture that accepts violence and normalizes easy access to guns, whose sole purpose is to destroy human lives. Once again, our children and our educators have been traumatized and a life has been lost. Our hearts are with the family, friends, and associates of Professor Young. Bishop Sam goes on to quote our own campus minister, Mary Catt. Today I invite the community to continue in your own prayers for peace in mind, body, and spirit. Prayers for the strength to face the uncertainty and challenges of each day. Prayers that as we may be reflections of God's love to one another, just as others sought to be a prayerful presence to you when you were in need. Bishop Sam goes on to say that we enjoy, we indeed join the Reverend Young in prayer, and we call for action to staunch the flow of blood and fear in a world where God has called us to a peaceful coexistence and love of neighbor. The violence is not of God, and it violates the commandments of Christ. Sensible regulation of arms and training in nonviolent response to threats bring us closer to the peace and safety that we seek as part of God's dream for this world. Please join us in lifting up our prayers to God and speaking out to those in positions of public authority on this matter of life and death.
faithfully, Bishop Sam Rodman and Bishop Jennifer Brooke Davidson. And our beloved Mary Cat would have gone on to share a very pastoral letter to us the following morning. We've experienced a deep trauma, and I'm so sad. I'm sad for the first-year students and all returning students whose second week on a college campus has been so deeply disrupted. I'm sad for the parents and family members of everyone connected to our campus community who experienced fear and uncertainty for hours. I am sad for the trauma and grief that will have residual impact on everyone touched by the violence of the day. I'm sad for the loss of life, and I'm sad for the circumstances that led to this harm. No matter what they were, we have all been injured by their ricochet. As Christians, we believe that nothing can separate us from the love of God, that we are in Christ, and when we are gathered in community, Christ is in us. As humans, we must live with the burden of our imperfections, the fact that our bodies are finite, and that the truth that our hearts and minds can lose sight of who we are and whose we are. I invite the ECM community to gather as the body of Christ for a time to pray together, to take the time to process our grief and to be the body of Christ for one another, to offer resources to our campus ministry community for care and companionship in the days ahead. I'm grateful for the prayers of the community that have held us and will continue to hold us as we strive faithfully to walk in the world as reflections of Christ's love for us and for those around us. May the souls of the departed rest in peace and rise in glory. May those who live with this grief trust in the knowledge that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. So let us look for comfort today in our gospel message. God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you, is Peter's impulsive response to the devastating news that Jesus, his friend and healer and teacher, beloved and more than beloved, his divine Lord and Savior would suffer, must suffer, and be killed and be raised. Peter, like most of us, reacts to the fact of suffering with fear and denial. Jesus famously replies, Peter, you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Peter has reacted out of fear and suffering and loss in the short term in a human reckoning of time. He is focused on the fact that Jesus must suffer and be killed. Jesus continues, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and for those who lose their life for my sake will find it. It, of course, is referring to eternal life, a great and glorious future. Jesus instructs Peter to focus on divine things, the promise that his Lord will be raised, and in the last day, we shall all be raised. In fact, Peter knows this, just as we heard Karen last weekend beautifully articulate the gospel from among you. Last week, 
We read it in Matthew 16, 16. In answer to the question, who do you say that I am? Peter declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus complimented him on his great faith and offered him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So Peter demonstrated one of the paradoxes of being a faithful and human Christian. We believe that suffering will be vanquished for all time. For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everything for what has been done. And at the same time, we live in a world where we are committed to alleviating suffering where and as we can. Indeed, Jesus is our model in the work of feeding the hungry, healing the sick, blessing the dying, loving God and our neighbor, servant leadership. So it seems that we are to set our minds on both human and divine matters. Jesus is, after all, in his incarnation, the point at where the reality of God enters the reality of this world, where human and divine purposes are united. In today's reading from Exodus, we have another moment where the holy mystery meets the reality of the world. When God declares, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt, I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. Moses is tending his father-in-law's flocks, going about his daily business. The image is a reality of this world. Suffering and hard work is at the forefront. By appearing in a bush that blazes but is not consumed, God reminds Moses of the holy mystery of the divine. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground, he commands Moses. The first response of the human to the divine encounter must be reverence. As God makes clear in this passage, reverence is to be followed by action. Moses' given task is to go to Pharaoh and to lead the Israelites out of bondage. In the passage from Exodus, as noted by Hebrew scholars, there's a magnificent linguistic device that juxtaposes the imperative of the now, Moses' task of leading his people away from suffering, with the great mystery of eternity. Because Moses asked God for a name so that he can tell the Israelites who sent him. Can't just say it's me. Got to have a little credibility here, God, please help me. I am who I am, says God. The Hebrew, Ayer Asha Ayer, is an impressively godlike answer. Because in Hebrew grammar, there is no verb tense. Ayer Asher Ayer can be interpreted as both I am who I am and I shall be who I shall be. God is now, and God is eternal. By calling on God's great name, we acknowledge that we live live simultaneously in the moment and for all eternity. In Paul's letter to the Romans in a time of great conflict, he gives us some instruction for living a faithful life. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. When Paul speaks of rejoicing in hope, he is speaking of a truly biblical hope for the awaited day when the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of God and usher in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Be patient in suffering because on that day, suffering will cease. Persevere in prayer because it is the reverent response to the divine, prayer that always leads to action. Contribute to the needs of the saints Extend hospitality to strangers. Serve the Lord with vigor. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And do it now, because Jesus reminds us that we don't have much time. Jesus, in revealing that the messianic era is imminent, also explains how the disciples are to live in the intervening time. How they, we, are to live with the paradox of faith. One of the great paradoxes of Christianity is that the Messiah must suffer and die before he is raised to eternal life. This paradox is a fundamental principle of our Christian faith. Jesus is the embodiment of both the reality of the divine and the reality of the world. And just to make sure we understand, he issues instructions to the disciples in the form of a paradox. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. We are to live the great way of I am and the glorious promise of I shall be. We are to live a life of reverent prayer and a life of faithful action. We are to live as if we don't have much time, and yet we have all the time in the world. German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote from prison as he faced suffering with great faith. What remains for us is only the very very narrow path, sometimes barely discernible, of taking each day as if it were the last, and yet living it faithfully and responsibly as if yet there were to be a great future ahead. This is the divine way. This is also the human way. This is the mystery and the paradox of the faith in which we live. My friends, as we find ourselves in the crux of this very paradox, as we journey together through this trauma, terrible and exhausting for everyone, know this in your hearts, that you are held in prayer by your friends, by your family, by this glorious chapel of the cross community, by your bishops. You are not alone, and we are here together with you. I ask you, at great peril to do this, any kind of interaction in an Episcopal church, but in this moment, I ask, turn to your neighbor, look them in the eye, and say the words, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Y'all are not alone. This event may be over, but the impact of residual grief and trauma will go on. Know that we will sit alongside you. As a member of this community, I ask each of you if you are able to reach out to lend a hand where you see sadness and sorrow, stop, pause, look, and just say you're not alone. That's all you have to do. Because this is what community is. This is what God's beloved community does. Love dwells here. Love dwells here. God's peace passes through our understanding and is far bigger than any inability for our understanding of what leads people to places of desperation and harm. And may we know God's peace on this day and every day. Let us pray. Life is short, and we don't have much time to gladden the hearts of those who traveled away with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And may the divine mystery 
who is beyond our ability to know, but who made us and who dwells within us and who loves us and who travels with us. May he fill our hearts and guide us as we love and serve the world now and forever. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at thechapelofthecross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.